Mark 16, 17. Well, actually, I want to start it in verse 14. Hallelujah. <clears throat> it says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not. Do you see that phrase? They believed not. Pay attention to that. They believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Well, <clears throat> And then it, for verse 50, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. I want you to pay attention to that, them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. This was Jesus' parting words to the church. Uh, the, the assignment, the assignment, if you will, that God gave the church in his parting words. And he got on to them because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Well, um, that's not us. Because we believed them which had seen him. We believed what, it, what was written here. We didn't even get to talk to those that had seen him. We just get to read what they wrote. And we, when we read that they had seen him, we believed it. So we are not those people that believed not them which had seen him after he was taken. So the signs, he that believeth, the signs in verse 17 shall follow them that believe. That's who we are. We are them that believe. Everybody say, them that believe. Them that believe. Say, I am one of them that believes. I believe. I always, believe. I always believe. Hallelujah. So we are one of them that believe. And the people that are those that believe will, in my name, shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Uh, we've been putting a lot of emphasis on they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And that's an important part. But there's all these other parts in this Mark chapter 16 too. And the first one that he says that them that believe will do, I think it's interesting that he put it first. I think he put it first because he knew that we would be tempted to really not pay much attention to that one, that we don't really like that part we and we even feel like uh, we're going to be uh, maybe criticized or uh, and probably would be or made fun of if we too put too much emphasis on uh, in my name shall they cast out devils but Jesus said in his parting words them that believe would cast out devils they would cast out devils. Now, I don't know how many devils you've cast out, but I'm just going to, I'm here tonight with a message for you to tell you to get ready to cast out devils. Because if we think there's no devils in America, that they're only in Haiti, 
which there's plenty of them in Haiti and Africa. Boy, they are rampant in those places. We know Mexico. You can listen to David Hogan and hear him talk about, and Heidi Baker, about the devils and the witch doctors and all those kind of things if you like to listen to those kind of stories and uh, see how what a victory God uh, gets in those situations. But... Um, but hallelujah but there's plenty of devils in america and there's plenty of people that are bound there's plenty of people that are hurting there's plenty of people that have been trying to get free and can't get free there's christians there's born again believers holy ghost filled tongue talking believers that can't get free that need somebody to cast out the devil or it wouldn't even have to be somebody. It could be them own, their own selves. <laughs> them own selves, that's bad. I don't know how you say it, though. Their own selves. Uh, they do it for themselves. It's not impossible. In fact, it's... Uh, yeah, hallelujah. We'll talk about that more. Uh, but we, they would cast out devils. They would speak with new tongues. Uh, some half the church or... A lot of the church has a big problem with that part, too. Well, actually, a lot of the church has a problem with the whole thing. It's like Jesus is parting words, and they don't like any of it. They don't want to cast out devils. They sure don't want to speak with new tongues, and uh, and and they they they, they boy they those snake handlers, boy those are weird people. I don't think, I really don't think God was talking about snake handlers. I think I'm positive about that. I know he would, and I don't really think he was just referring to Paul shaking the snake off when he was when that snake came out of the fire and on the island, and you know what I'm saying, and it bit him, and he it didn't bother him. He had no side effects from that. Hallelujah! And he uh, just uh, and the whole the whole island then turned to Christ because he they said, "Man, you're a." Uh, uh, they didn't know if he was a demon or god but they knew he was some you know <laughs> hallelujah because they knew what was supposed to happen when you get snake bite snake bit but i don't think that's really even what he's talking about i think that what he's talking about there is and if you look these up if you'll go look this up this scripture in uh, verse 18 in your strong's concordance you'll find out that uh take up serpents is is uh ha take authority over it has an implication of rule over to deal with that's really what the word says in the strongs to deal with serpents well we know that the serpents uh hallelujah refer in, in revelation it says that great serpent the devil it refers to the devil as a serpent. So I believe this is talking about not casting out devils, but he's not being redundant here. He's not saying cast out devils twice. He's saying cast out devils and deal with the deal with devils or deal with the devil, deal with devils. Well, a lot of times, you know, people will... Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm not going to get into that yet. I want to move to... And then it says, drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. This is not talking about us getting some something deadly, putting it in a glass and trying to prove God. But it's talking about if we come into any dangerous situations. If, you know, if you're a missionary, you need to know this scripture. If you drink, accidentally drink any deadly thing... And, uh, you know, you also need to know it just for hallelujah. When the wasp bites you on the front porch, this won't harm me. 
If Paul can shake off a snake, and if I can drink any deadly thing, then this wasp biting me won't harm me. This poison ivy, I can, I can rule over. We have this continuing drama in our family over poison ivy for the last two years. It's uh, My mother has some poison ivy, and Carter says she also has poison oak in her flower bed. Well, we tried to get it out last year, and it came back because nobody's ever there to take, a, take charge over this poison ivy. Well, I'm kind of tired of the poison ivy drama, to tell you the truth. But uh, So we're just kind of saying, okay... Uh, Carter and Colin said, when you're, after you leave, Granny Joe, we'll take care. We'll get that poison ivy. We'll get that poison oak out of there. Meantime, stay away from that flower bed. But it's like it, she will not stay away from that flower bed. I don't know what it is, but she just ends up over at that flower bed. Well, last night, one of her friends wanted to dig up a fern out of her yard so because she wanted fern so they go to that flower bed they get the shovel <laughs> it's like oh my word so then we had eye problems all night and we've had eye problems this year and we don't know if it's pink eye or i don't know but it's just like this poison ivy is just I just want to get authority over this stuff because it's just it's just causing all sorts of drama in our lives. So, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, so, if we take up, uh, if we drink any poisonous thing, it shall not hurt us. We lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So, uh, we're going to have to take all the parts because part of laying hands on the sick and them recover, a lot of times also involves casting out demons. We know we've taken authority over the spirit of infirmity. I want to talk tonight a little bit, and I don't think we'll get far, but we'll just start talking about it, okay? Uh, what does it mean to resist the devil? And it's going to have something to do here with casting out devils before we get all said and done, okay? So, turn to James chapter 4, verse 7. So, y'all are them that believe, and I am them that believe. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, what kind of Christian are you? Well, I'm a them that believe Christian. Hallelujah. I, uh, praise God. Well, are you what, what, do you, what kind of church do you go to? Well, I go to a them that believe church. That would be shocking to hallelujah. But... We need to be them that believe, and we need to strengthen ourselves and strengthen each other in every situation. No, I am them that believe. So when people that believe, they react a certain way in certain situations. When they uh, hear that the restaurant they ate in last night has been closed down because 15 people got tomain poisoning, they react like what? Them that believe. And even when we're inconvenienced, like we go into the airport and the plane's delayed and, and the whole airport's shut down because of thunderstorms or because of ice storms or whatever, or I don't know what else they shut them down for, we have to decide to act like who? Them that believe. Hallelujah. And, and it's not always convenient to be them that believe. Because them that believe act different. Just like Pastor said for us to start saying, I am a revivalist. Well, I have had to tell myself sometimes when I wanted to react to someone, maybe in traffic or maybe at the 
drive-through window somewhere or something, and I wanted to react a certain way, I have to say, no, I'm not that. I'm a revivalist. And I've tried to say that several times since then, and, and that helps me get a hold of myself. Hallelujah. Before I give them just a, not a big piece, but just a teeny little piece of my mind. They don't, <laughs> that is just not who I want to be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or anywhere for that matter. But especially in Tuscaloosa, I want to be them that believe. Hallelujah. I want to be uh, merciful instead of, <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, James 4, 7, it says, uh, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This is uh, a very important scripture. We need to learn all about it so that we can do it as effectively as possible. Then turn over to 1 Peter 5. This, what I'm teaching you tonight, may sound like, uh, I don't know what it's going to sound like to you, but I will tell you, it's a very, very necessary part of revival. Because revival uh, brings in people that are very, got lots of problems. And that's the purpose. I mean, <laughs> the purpose is not that we get blessed, although it is. I mean, God wants us refreshed. God wants us whole. And some of us aren't completely whole yet. Some of us need. We have things that we don't even know that God needs to cleanse out and wash out and heal and deliver us from. And um, sometimes when we um, run into situations, we find those little areas where we have not got to the point where we're them that believe in those areas, if you know what I mean. Is there anybody that can, that can, uh, touch, they can mash your button and just, uh, hallelujah, get a reaction? Well, we're them that believe. We believe everything's turning out amazing. We believe God's on our side. We believe God's always causing us to triumph in Christ. We believe God's working it out for our benefit. We believe that he, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and that he will, he's going to take care of that person. Do you ever say, God, take you take care of them? Hallelujah. I have something in mind that often he does it a different way. But uh, if I can just get to that point where I say, where I don't try to take care of it, and I say, God, you take care of them. You take care of this situation. You speak to them. You talk to them about this. You show them. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, that's not always the way I react, but it is always the way I want to react. I want to be, I'm a revivalist. I want to be, I'm them that believe. And I don't have to fight this battle. This battle's the Lord's. I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't, you know, one thing, I had uh, like 12 things I wrote down about, how what 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 to say in 2016 <laughs> and one of them it's like you know don't talk about this don't talk about that hallelujah i wrote down several things like that but one of them was uh don't take the bait you know the devil is always swinging the bait in front of our nose he knows what our buttons are he knows what'll make us you know <laughs> 
just go into orbit and circle the earth three times and hallelujah. And I just, you know, I didn't just write those down. I tried to go over them and tell myself, Debbie, don't take the bait. And realizing it's the devil that's, 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 that's bringing the bait. He wants us to get off sides. He wants us to, he wants us to, he wants to discredit us in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, you know, he, but he also wants us to feel discredited with inside where, where we react in a not so Christian manner. And then we feel all this condemnation, all this guilt, because he's going to come right back. Soon as you act on the bait, he's going to come right back with a whole load of condemnation. You're going to spend the next three days repenting and asking God to forgive you unless you're really perfected in the I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I'm dead to sin and alive and to righteousness. If you're perfected in that, good, come. Uh, I, I'm glad you are, but I'm not all the way there. Sometimes I'll I'll wrestle something for a day to day or two trying to get free. Sometimes you got to go to prayer and healing center while you're still wrestling trying to believe God that I am the righteousness of God and uh, just because I didn't do what I should have done yesterday that's that's hallelujah that's in the sea of God's forgiveness hallelujah sometimes getting it in the sea of God's forgetfulness is a lot easier than getting it in the sea of your forgetfulness hallelujah if, if you know what I mean and so uh, <clears throat> praise God it's important that we be free it's important that we are completely free. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm sure that we'll be working on this when Jesus comes. I know we will because he's coming soon. And a bunch of us have a lot of stuff to work on. So I don't think we can get there before he gets here. But thank heavens, it all happens at once. Once he, once he appears in the sky and hallelujah, we're just, <laughs> oh, praise God. Hallelujah. So, um. And then uh, go over to 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. Did I ever tell you that? If I did, are you there? It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We need a great understanding in this. We've got to be able to set people free. When people come in, I know we went to uh, the revival in Brown, not Brownsville, uh, Lake, Lakeland, Lakeland, Florida. We went to that revival. I would call that a massive revival, or I don't know if it's massive, but huge revival. Let's call that. Uh, I know there were some problems with it, but that's not really the issue. God showed up. When God shows up, the devil's going to try to get in and tear it up. And that's what he was able to do to a certain extent. But he didn't do it before a lot of people got helped, got set free, got blessed, and got saved. So, uh, but there there's people, it's obvious when you go to those kind of revivals, those meetings, they're not church people looking. They're, they, they, they look, a lot of them, like people with big problems. People getting free of things, free of drugs, free of everything else in the world. And that's what revival looks like. Revival doesn't look like, Pastor said this, a four-day meeting. Now they hardly go but three anymore, even, uh, you know, 
uh, where we, you have a special speaker come in, uh, I mean, or a preacher, and you have a special choir director, and uh, you you get a bunch of people to join the choir, and you know, and everybody gets a little revved up, and not too much, not enough to cast out a devil, speak with new tongues, not that revved up, but you know, just a little happier, a little, and people. Uh, get saved, but mostly you get a lot of rededications. Because if you preach people under condemnation, they're going to come down and rededicate their life. I'm not trying to be ugly here, but that's just that's just how it is. As we look back on what we came through, that's exactly what happened. Um, thank, you know, that didn't happen so much for me because when I got saved, man, I got saved. And I knew I was saved. So, you know, I might have rededicated my life. We all need to rededicate to the Lord, but it wasn't because I thought I was lost. And there's a difference. Okay. So here he says, about the same thing as he said in James, he said to humble ourselves under the uh, mighty hand of God, which is about the same thing as submit yourself to God. And he said uh, to, to uh, cast all our care upon him, and then he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Um, so, submit yourself to God and resist the devil. is about the saying as humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And here, watch out for these things, because there is a devil out there. Okay, so I want to read this. In, well, I'm not going to do that tonight. Uh, I wanted you to notice in there that first thing we see is that we have to humble ourselves. The God's Word translation there says, place yourself under God's authority. Would y'all hand me that amplified? I think I will do that. If we're going to resist the devil effectively, we've got to submit ourselves, we've got to humble ourselves under His mighty hand. That's necessary for our resistance to the devil to work. If we, uh, if we haven't gotten ourselves under God's authority, under His hand, humbling ourselves, well, how do I do that, Miss Debbie? Well, one thing you could just say, Lord, in your prayer time is I humble myself under your mighty hand. Another thing you can say is, Lord, uh, just show me the way and I'll go. Show me what to do and I'll do it. Correct me where I'm wrong and I'll listen and I'll... <laughs> you know, uh, that's a way to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. But just to, you know, obeying His Word, seeking His face, that's humbling yourself. Seeking His face, going after the Word of God, going after His presence, that's humbling yourself. Uh, what's not humbling yourself is doing it like you want to do it, and none of us in here, we're here on Wednesday night, this isn't the people that I, I don't think so. I shouldn't say just absolutely. We all could have areas, but this is not the group that's that's really saying, God, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. When I want to come to church, I will. When I don't, I won't. Uh, you know, uh, when I want to read the Bible, hallelujah. And maybe nobody just consciously says that to God's face, but I think we say things with our actions. And we want to make sure, you and I, that we're saying, we're saying, not trying to earn something, because we're not into works. Pray this, boy, if I don't pray this long, then I'm, 
you know, but we are uh, constantly coming under him. We're willing to be corrected. We're willing to, we really, I don't know about you, but I really want to be corrected if I'm really doing something wrong. I don't want the devil hammering on me. And I don't want to be that kind of person that's just always hammering on myself. But, you know, if the Lord has something to tell me, I want him to tell me. I don't want him to keep it from me because it might hurt my feelings or something like that. I feel like, God, you can heal my feelings. Let's look at this in the Amplified Bible uh, just for a second. Uh, we, I'll just read it to you from the Amplified. Verse Peter chapter 2. Is that where we're at? First Peter chapter 5. That didn't sound. First Peter 5. I'm going to read a little further. I'm going to read a little longer package. I'm going to start in verse 5. Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, and spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe, apron yourself, all of you, with humility as the garb of a servant, so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you with freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another. Hallelujah. We wouldn't want to have any pride or arrogance toward one another, would we? For God sets himself, this is kind of a serious thing to me, he sets himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful, and he opposes, frustrates, and defeats them. But he gives grace, favor, and blessing to the humble. It's a no-brainer where, where we want to be. We want to be the humble. And then verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves. Demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation. <coughs> Under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Be well balanced, temperance, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times for the enemy of yours, for that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. So God gives us some instructions here about being humble. And one of the things about being humble is that part about casting your care. If we're not casting our care, then we don't trust God. And if we don't trust God, that means we don't believe what he said about himself in the word. And if we say, you know, somebody says, well, uh, well, now you... Uh, They've got somebody's got a problem, and you say, "Well, uh, don't worry about that. Just turn that over to the Lord." And you go, and then you see them the next day, and they say, uh, "Well, I only slept three hours last night." Well, that's not humbling yourself. I'm not. I'm not saying that we don't have a struggle sometimes to get it cast over there, because we do. We do, but we got to know. That's part of humbling ourselves is to cast it over there, over on the Lord, because I've stayed up some nights, I can tell you, but uh, get it cast over there, over on the Lord, all of our anxieties, all of our worries, because when we're worrying, we really think either the devil's bigger 
or that you we were really saying god you just don't love me enough or you won't solve this problem you're not big enough to solve this problem that you know or something we're saying something to that effect so that's all a part of humbling ourselves i'm also going to read james uh chapter four from the amplified and i'm going to read uh first verse six and seven but he gives more and more grace power of the holy spirit to meet this in to meet this evil tendency and all others fully god is just pouring out grace upon us to to take care of the situations to help us through this life he didn't make us do it on our own He's not making us face the things with the devil on our own. More and more grace. Is that not? That's just awesome. To meet more and more grace. The power of the Holy Spirit. I like that definition of grace. To meet this evil tendency in all others fully. That is why he says God sets himself against the proud and haughty. But gives grace continually to the lowly. He get, it's just kids in the bathroom. Uh, he gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. Those that are humble enough to receive it. So be subject to God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will free from, flee from you. Be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So humbling ourselves is the first preparation to resisting the devil. And resisting the devil is so important. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now, we're going to talk about resisting the devil. And we're going to talk about speaking to the devil. We're going to talk about commanding the devil. And we already kind of know some about this uh, in some areas, but we're going to take it another way into some other areas. But the best way to resist the devil, I guess you could say is, uh, what they say, prevention is the best medicine. The best way to resist the devil is to walk so closely to Jesus that he, he he's afraid to come around you because there's just hallelujah. So that being said, though, there's going to be times that we have to deal with the devil in our own lives and in the lives of other people. But I'm not wanting to tell you, you know, just go after the devil. We need to go after God, and a lot of things will be solved. But when things present themselves, we, uh, we must not ignore the devil. Ignoring the devil is not a good idea. So when things present themselves, we got to deal with it. Hallelujah. And I think that uh, we have a lot of situations in the church because we have not done that. God did not give us power, I wrote down, to ignore devils. He gave us power, didn't he, to tread on serpents and scorpions. He gave us the power to cast out devils, not to ignore devils. And sometimes maybe we just don't recognize what is the devil, but... Um, if there's something evil hanging around and it just won't go away, it, 
It's it your first. That's one of a big clue that it's the devil. I think as we get more and more, uh, as the it kind of the more we know God, the more we'll recognize what the devil is doing. The more we know the real, we'll recognize the counterfeit. Kind of that kind of thinking. The Bible said there, and I forget which one, if it was Peter, but he says, resist the devil at his own set. At his own set. We don't do that good enough. We need to act real quickly. We just don't do that good enough. We got to be paying more attention than we've been paying. We let things slip by us. We let things into our house uh, and into our kids' lives and, you know, maybe even into our marriages or whatever. We're not paying attention. Hallelujah. I know a little girl told me this week that she heard, uh, it was really a bad day for her. She uh, On Sunday, she went to the graveyard to see her mama's grave and her sister, I think. I, I don't know what she said, her mama and somebody. She went to the graveyard. While she was there, somebody stole her purse out of her car, took everything. Uh, they found the purse later, just the empty purse thrown on the side of the road in Cottondale. But um, then, so then on Saturday, on Monday, I had to tell her something that wasn't, she wasn't a person in this church, so don't even think about that, that one that, I had to tell her something that one of her employees did. It was, it was my obligation to tell her, and I did. And so she was like, okay, I got to take care of that. Well, so then she came by our house and she said, well, today my divorce was final. And I'm just like, God, could I felt so sorry for her. She's a Christian, but I didn't try to, I just hugged her. I didn't, I didn't try to solve her problems right there. I just hugged her. But um, she said, um, yeah, my divorce is final today. She said, my husband, I found out, he had, had been having an affair for six years. And she said, I didn't see it coming. I didn't have a clue. I didn't see it coming. So, and I'm not, I mean, I, she's not spirit-filled or anything. She's just Christian. But a lot of times we just aren't paying attention. And I'm not talking about her. I'm just using how that for an example that we need to be paying attention. We need to be paying attention. You know, I know one time we lived in Seminole. Uh, this lady was going to come to the church. She was actually an employee. And I'm praying that morning, and the Lord just said, get to the church. I had a little mini vision of her do, doing something. Not her, that she, I just had this little vision, just like that. Boy, I jumped up and got my clothes on, and I got to the church. Because if we're paying attention, you know, we can stop a lot of things because you know people can get can falsely accuse people can falsely accuse so we need to be paying attention and when when we see something don't say oh that was just probably me well it might have been but why are you taking a chance amen if you see something at the school and it has to do with your child don't take a chance go act pay attention we need to be alert and attentive. We need to watch and pray. Not out of a fear, not out of being overly cautious, but in order that the devil not get a food foothold. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We won't go much longer because we can't do it all in one night. I don't know if we can do it 
I don't know how long it'll take us, but it doesn't matter because this is a part of revival. And it's also a prior to prayer and healing center. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. I wrote this in my margin already, but uh, the NIV says, and several other versions, say don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give him an opportunity, some version says. If we can stop, that's the, one of the best ways to resist the devil is to block the opportunity. I think we take too many risks. And one of the things we take risks with is our children. I, I don't know. You do what you want to. Of course, I'm not trying to tell you what to do or anything. But in this day and age, boy, I'd have to know somebody. I'd be practically have to be their best friend before I'd let my kids spend the night in anybody's house. And I know that used to be a big thing with us. Boy, the first thing we did on the last day of school that night, boy, we had a slumber party. Man, oh, we were all, and that might be even better because you have a lot of people, but, you know, we were always, every Friday night, we'd spend the night with somebody. We were, we were here, we were there, and we did know the people well. It's not like we didn't, and it was a very small town, but it was also a different age. It was a different time. And I know my kids, it was like I had people in our church that would ask them all the time to, in Seminole to spend the night, and I'd say no. I tried to do it nice and well, you know, but uh, I, didn't, I just said no. And I didn't, I don't know, maybe I was overcautious, but they, they, they made it fine. They made it fine without spending the night with people that, and, and especially one family. One family I would sometimes let them spend the night with, but one family I just like, no, never. And, uh, and I, these were good people that I liked, and she taught in our Christian schools. And I, I probably would have, if it just been her, I might have trusted her, but there was just something that didn't sit. There, if it don't sit right, if it's not sitting, then, you know, don't let your kid talk you into doing something that's not right because here we are we want to not give any place to the devil not give any foothold we don't want to have to get something healed we don't want to have to it'd be better to not have to deal with what devil's already done we will if we have to but it's better if we don't have to god's word translation says don't give the devil an opportunity to work now, I don't, I, I, all I'm asking is, and all I'm saying and all I'm encouraging is be led by the Spirit. I'm not, I'm not asking you to be, oh, I'm scared, and I, I'm, I'm overcautious. And, but you know in your heart, you've been given a Holy Ghost to tell you what to do, when to do it, what not to do, when not to do it. Uh-uh, that's not a good idea. Yes, that is a good idea. And hallelujah. So this church has already learned to resist the devil in several areas in the weather that's what we're doing i mean we're we call we say well we're taking authority over the weather but what we're doing is we're resisting the devil from getting involved in the weather and causing normal weather patterns to turn into uh, violent dangerous destructive situations when when symptoms come you're already resisting the devil because i bet you when symptoms come you resist them and you say no I hope you do it faster than you've ever done it at the onset. I mean, if you, you know, if you sneeze, resist the devil. 
and say, no, uh-uh, we're not going there. That's not coming. People try to put things on you. You know, I sneezed the other day, and they said, are, are you having some allergies today? No, I just sneezed. But, I mean, and you know, we can be polite and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, basically we, are, we resist the devil at the sign of a first symptom. And the times that I haven't, I've regretted later. Okay. I know a lot of you are taking authority over your circumstances at work. I want to encourage you to do that more. I want to encourage you to rule and reign. I want to encourage you not to... I want to encourage you to change the atmosphere at your place of work. And not let... You know, sometimes just it's like... a What in the... Charlie Brown, we're fixing to close, but isn't there one of those kids that just has a rain cloud over his head? Who is that that walks around he's got a little rain cloud over his head? Well, people are like that anyway. And they can just walk in the room and make the atmosphere bad. And you're the other way. You walk in the room and it's like a, a ray of life, a ray of light. That's how it is. And if you don't feel that way, get yourself in line before you get out of the car. That's another thing of I'm them that believe. I put on faith. I may feel awful, but I don't have to spoil everybody else's day just because I'm not that perky that day. And I'm not saying I haven't. <laughs> I'm sure I've spoiled pastors many times <laughs> for many different reasons, for many different situations. But that's not what I want to do. Because I'm a revivalist, and I am them that believe. And so, I don't want to take the rain cloud to work. I don't want to bring the rain cloud to services. And there's, I know there's been times, hallelujah. And there's times we walk in here. There's times we walk in here, and the Holy Ghost met at me at the door tonight. But there's times we walk in here, and it's like something else meets you there. And, uh. It's up to us to change those atmospheres and take that authority and resist the devil and say, uh-uh, uh-uh. Or if everybody's biting on each other at your house and, and, boy, everybody's in strife that day, recognize what that is and take authority over it. Rule and reign. Anybody need to do that tonight or in some areas? Anybody need a reminder of this and say, you know, I got to change some stuff at my house or at my place of work or hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can even change. And I have seen us do this and I have seen other people do it. You can go into a restaurant and, and the little waitress can be having a horrible day and you can change her atmosphere till she, she all of a sudden gets happy. And if she's happy, she's going to take care of you better. And they just start bowing and scraping and waiting on you and getting you extra stuff and hallelujah. There Now, there's some people you don't have to do that to. You walk in and they just are that way already. But they did you know they have bad days at work? Hallelujah. Uh, they do. Um, I want to be more of a blessing than I've been being. I want to be them that believe. Um, and another place that y'all have learned to take authority over spirits of infirmity and to resist the devil is at Healing Center. But we want to take it a little further. Now, we're going to take this a little further in understanding how to use our authority in our own lives in order that we walk free, but also 
in the lives of other people to the point that we cast out devils. And if we have an if an opportunity presents itself where we have to cast out a devil, we don't run. And if an opportunity, you know, if we see somebody that has a devil and we're pretty sure of it, but they're not saying, please cast this out of me, knowing how to get them to God, because when you get them to God, then that's when you're going to have the opportunity to minister and get them set free. So we're going to close with that tonight. And... uh Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.